Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. True crime is a genre with a lot of twists and turns. Today's story of Armin Mewis is no exception. You see, while Armin commits an absolutely horrendous crime, there is arguably no victim in today's case. And that's because Armin had a golden rule that he absolutely needed to follow. His target needed to be a willing participant. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim, a true crime podcast. Warning, the following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. That scared the shit out of Honey. Did it actually? It did. She was just standing up and like just finished stretching and then you open it. She jumped like a mother. <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> I mean, to be honest or to be fair. To be fair. Uh, a lot scares Honey. That's true. She's pretty poor, jumpy. Poor little thing. Yeah. So That's a rescue dog. Yeah. Um, What's up? How's it going? It's a good how's, day. How's it hanging for everyone out there in the the worldwide world of yeah. things and stuff? Hopefully it's going all right. Hopefully. We're sitting here having a drink. Cheers. 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 Boom. Um, we got some pretty cool stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, first up. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> that probably makes no sense to most of the people listening right now. You guys blew our minds. So just to really quickly put everyone in perspective, what we're talking about, the end of our last episode, we're like, who really listens to the very end? Because we start ranting and just bantering a little bit for the last 10 minutes, right? After the case is over. Probably not that long. Well, like five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. It was like, okay, if you're actually still listening here when we're just kind of off ranting and done the story, go comment on our social media and say barbecue sauce. That's what we told everyone. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of people go comment, <laughs> DM, you name it on different platforms. Just barbecue sauce was coming in all over the place. Yeah. For for a few days, I just kept getting notifications of barbecue sauce. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what the? Yeah. It was shocking in like an amazing way. It was. It really it was. It was really cool. I'm shocked that many people listened to us at the end. So thank you. Yeah. But we decided that we would do a little bit of a random draw. For anyone that commented barbecue sauce in any way. So we kind of compiled everyone. Yeah. So and if if you commented or DM'd barbecue sauce to us in the last seven days, you're in the draw for this yeah. right and, now. Yeah. And we did the draw. So we're ready. We have a winner. Okay. Drum roll. Rhiannon LeClaire. 
Awesome. Rhiannon, we're, we're yes. going to send you a little piece of our merch. This is a thank you for listening to the end and commenting. And yeah, that was yeah. fun. So maybe get in touch with us. We'll also try to get in touch with you. But yeah, you got you got yourself a little winnings there. A little winnings. Yeah. It's a, very exciting. A little wicked winnings just yeah. because, hey, why not? You're why awesome. Not? Yeah, we decided. We liked surprising or doing little odd things once in a while. And that, that seemed fitting. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, completely off topic here, but I'm curious what everyone's going to be doing for Halloween. Nicole is apparently going to be working. She's too bound up with her photography gig, so she has to stay home. Oh, well, because it's absolutely disgusting how much I have to do. Th- that's that's understandable. Yeah. But I, I got my costume all figured out. You do. I, I'm going to be going out. If anyone knows, I am going to be Yukon <laughs> Cornelius from the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, I can't movie. wait. You're going to look adorable. It's because of the beard. And yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to have like a little nugget of tinfoil that I'm going to paint gold. It's going to be my gold because he's always searching <laughs> oh, for, for gold, right? So, yeah. It's going to yeah, be fun. You're going to have fun. Oh, you have no idea. I love Halloween and I love getting into character. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fan tastic Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a good night. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, sure. there's actually a fundraiser Halloween party I'm going to be attending. Mm-hmm. So if you're local here uh, in our area, it's uh, the Good Cause Crow Rescue fundraiser party. It's happening down at uh, the Black Clover. And uh, yeah, it's all fundraising for a local bird rescue in town that a friend of our, Dana, mm-hmm. um, runs so yeah i think it's gonna be a good time it will be so if you're gonna be going to that party just look out for for yukon cornelius <laughs> and that'll be me i think you'll be pretty easy to spot uh probably <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you ready for this case do i have, am do you have anything else you want to talk about first i don't think so no i, I think we should dive right in yeah head mm-hmm. first or are we gonna dip toes in first i it's always a head first with us i'd say it generally is <laughs> um so I kind of alluded a little bit to some stuff in this intro. Arguably, there are no victims in this case. That is an arguable note. Very highlighting on that here. Yes. Some people may think, you know what? Technically, no. And other people think, well, hey, technically, yes. So I'm going to l- listen, hear the facts, and then I'll decide. Yes. Um, but that little gray area of if it's a victim role or not plays big into the whole court proceedings. Okay, man, this is a wild one. Oh, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it starts off with an individual by the name of Armin Mewis, uh, who was born on December 1st in 1961 in Castle, Germany. Okay. Now he had a little bit of a troubled upbringing. Um, that kind of laid the foundation for his quite disturbing actions later on in life. So he grew up as an only child to his mother, Waltrud Muez, but did have two older half brothers for his, from his father's previous relationship. Mm. Now, when he did have a father, um, this father wasn't much of a good guy. He was kind of a deadbeat dad kind of type that took off when Armin was only eight years old, mm. leaving them, you know, kind of high and dry. Yeah, that's um, bad. And leaving Armin with this kind of very stern and disinterested mother. Okay. So his childhood was marked by profound loneliness, you could say. His mother, now the sole guardian, consistently scolded him in public and demanded to accompany him everywhere he went. He didn't really have much of a life outside of his mom, you know, puppeteering most of it. And he's kind of lacking the father figure or other siblings now that they're not in the house with him as well. Mm. 
So Armin actually created an imaginary brother named Frankie to whom he would often confide in with, you know, his, his, his fears, uh, you know, what makes him happy or sad, anything that's going on inside his emotions or anything, right? Oh, that's so innocent. And particularly his deepest and darkest secrets, his uh, cannibalistic oh, thought. Oh, shit. I take my words back. <laughs> yeah. Not so innocent no, anymore, is it? No, my gosh. No. Uh, he had these quite macabre fantasies about cannibalism. Um, they kind of began about the age of 12. Really? Yes. When he began starting to imagine consuming his friends. Wow. Okay. That seems like really early mm-hmm. to be having thoughts like that. But what do I know? Well, what gets really interesting is why he's having these thoughts. Because this goes really deep psychologically if you really want to open this can of worms. He's imagining eating his friends because if he ate them, that he would literally like absorb their essence, sort of say, right? Yeah. So his friends would technically always be with him and he would never be alone again. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's both disturbing and really, really sad so and you- kind of cute. Yeah. Which is a lot of things. Oh, it yeah, it is. And it's a very <laughs> grim solution to like this deep sense of isolation since oh. the abandonment he had. So you have an eight-year-old whose father abandoned him, whose siblings not abandoned, but also forced to leave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now they're just alone and never want to be left alone again. So a couple of years later, they come up with the idea on consuming those close to him so they could never leave. Oh, that is actually really hard to absorb. Isn't that fucked up and yeah. a lot? It's very fucked, but it's also very sad and very, it's almost like heartwarming, which I just, yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's, yes. It's very disturbing saying these things, but I have a lot of emotions going through my head right now about this. Oh, trust me. I feel you. I was there researching this. Yikes. So years would pass as Armin grew up, always hiding his secret ambitions of this cannibalistic act from the world. Um, But eventually, tragedy would strike on September 2nd, 1999, when he returned home from work one day to find his mother dead in her bed from the result of a heart attack. Now, suddenly, he really was alone, legitimately alone Mm -hmm. for the first time in his life. Oh, my gosh. Now, I did find some rather macabre accounts of Armin creating somewhat of a shrine to his mother in the home, um, complete with a mannequin that he would kind of treat as her that he would lay to bed each evening. However, these claims kind of lack any substantial evidence as far as I could find. And it's more widely reported that he more so swiftly erased her presence from his life entirely. Oh, okay. Kind of like it didn't happen. So that he would maybe miss her less or something. Yeah, like his mother wasn't even there looking over him sort of thing. He didn't eat his mother at all, did he? No, no, he didn't. No, okay. you get That's good. <laughs> um, but basically within like two months of her passing, though, he removed all of her belongings, uh, family heirlooms, whatever he could, um, basically attempting to rid himself of her influence entirely. Because like I said, she kind of was puppeteering his life right. for a lot of it and was kind of like a... a an abrasive parent, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he was 
too attached to her. But in that in that sense, now he really is alone too. I'm sure that would have him in, uh, a bit of an impact. It's actually um, a little bit impressive that he kind of was able to like be rid of her so quickly. Yeah, and actually, with is. the control that that she had over him for so long. Well, I think it's kind of more like a like the shackles are gone sort of situations, you know. But it could have gone another way, really. Or it could have. Yeah. But at least in this instant, um, like with her domineering presence, like completely gone, he com- he was able to gain this like whole newfound freedom, which okay. is nice when you say it out loud. But in this case, not so much. So he soon found himself immersed in the world of the Internet, particularly exploring online porn that would feature torture and pain and through these dark corners of the internet he eventually would stumble upon chat rooms centered around similar pleasures and eventually cannibalism oh boy yeah which further fueled his disturbing interest that he had held since he was a kid that he already had yeah and coupling that with the release of these bonds of an overbearing mother mm-hmm. say it's kind of a recipe for disaster. So in this newfound virtual realm, Armin found this solace. I'll be most in the most twisted way possible as he kind of delved into this fascination. And in the year 2000, he began taking to chat rooms that he became so familiar with and was looking for like-minded individuals who would play the role of a quote, willing victim. Oh my goodness. The freaking internet. Oh, the internet is. It's a scary place. Yeah. Well, if you know the song by Bo Burnham, Welcome to the Internet, that just, that says everything right there. Uh-huh. It, actually, it doesn't even, it, it can go even further than what he talks about. It's pretty lighthearted how he puts it. Um, But for Armin, he got onto these areas, these chat rooms with these cannibal type interested people. And he posted an advertisement at a website called quote, the cannibal cafe, which did have a disclaimer mentioning the distinction between reality and fantasy. So this is supposed to be a, like, Oh, a fa- it's supposed to be a fantasy. Yes. It's a fantasy based kind of thing, right? Yeah. But also I bet you anything, the majority of the people in there had, you know, wanted to act on this fantasy. I, I, I feel like at least a a few in there. Well, I'm going to put it into kind of a bit of perspective here. There might be at least a few, but I remember you watching some show before where there was um, some woman who had a, uh, a fantasy of someone like jumping her bones sort of thing, right? Unexpectedly kind of like a Mm. assault fantasy is a polite way to put it. Yeah. And so the husband had arranged a little situation where that assault fantasy could happen. Right. Yeah. But then when that situation happened, she freaked out and she didn't actually like it because it's it's just a fantasy. It's different than reality. Yeah. You know, the idea is one thing, but reality, <laughs> having it actual happen, that that's something entirely on its own. What a weird thing to pop in your head. Well, because that thing stuck with me. I'm like, that's a fucked up fantasy. It is. <laughs> and yeah. this was on a just a daytime TV show. So it really, it sat with I me. can't even remember what show it was on. But you know what I'm talking about, I do about, know right? what you're talking about. Because they're in like that car garage and shit, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So. I, I, and I have heard, like, it, this is a thing. I know people have had, do have this fantasy. Oh, so. yeah. I'm not judging anyone on their fantasies or anything yeah. like that. But like, to sit here and actually like, I don't like, shit can just go 
so wrong is kind yeah. of what I'm trying to say, you know? Yeah. So. Totally. Uh, anyways, in this chat room or website or whatever, he posted something that stated, quote, looking for a well-built 18 to 30-year-old to be slaughtered and then consumed. He had also made life-size paper mache human heads and then hung them from the ceiling with various sawed-off mannequin parts. He took pictures of these and posted them along with photos of himself holding large butcher knives. This was to aid in his post to show whoever that read it how serious he was and how serious he was in wanting to do these things. Oh, my word. Wow. Was he a big dude himself? I actually am not too sure. I didn't really find his size, if I'm being honest. Um, initially, though, he did have an age range listed of 18 to 25 years old. But mm-hmm. after a while, without any success, he then went and raised the age range to 18 to 30 years. Okay. He wants him to be as fresh as possible, eh? I guess so. And I think it's kind of like he's looking for him to be a bit fit, too, because he did say um, like muscular, but like not too muscular sort of thing. Like he's looking for well-built men. Oh. Uh, some people did respond to the advertisement. But one by one, they would each back out of the arrangement, probably because that whole fantasy versus reality. Yeah. It's, you know, they realized this motherfucker was serious. Yeah. So Armin did not push. No one was forced to do anything they didn't want to do. If he's chatting with some of these individuals who are interested and they suddenly got cold feet or whatever, that's fine. He stepped back kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, okay. he's not pushing anyone. Okay. Um, and that includes an individual by the name of Burned Brands who also answered the advertisement and actually followed through with the advertisement. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so he didn't push this individual just like everyone else. Burned never really got pressured into anything. But when Byrne did respond to this ad that was placed out there by Armand, he responded with a message that was titled, quote, dinner. And it read, quote, I offer myself to be eaten alive. No slaughter, but eaten. Eaten alive. That wow. Was, that was the initial message he sent. Yes. That is quite the message. Now, I do think it's very important to note that both of these men were openly bisexual. Okay. Both burned and Armin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, could mean that there's a sexual piece to the puzzle that's at play, but nothing is ever really confirmed or anything. And I mean, like maybe in a similar way that like vampires are drinking blood in a sexualized way that Hollywood shows sort of thing, right? Like there's this kind of like sexual fantasy okay, yeah. about it maybe. But the one dude is like way older, right? Uh, he is older. Yes. Yeah. Um. He because this is around 2000, and he was born. When was it? 60. So maybe not way older. Not way older. Just a bit older. Yeah. He's 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 40 right mm-hmm. now. 39 or 40, something like that. Okay. Okay. So not terrible. No. Okay. Um. But yeah, like like I said, they're both openly um bisexual. Which hey, all the power to them. Yeah. But there is that possibility that that plays into some sort of fantasy thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Now, between the two of them, they discussed every detail on how it was going to work. They talked about how Burned would be killed, how it would, what would happen to him afterwards. 
how his body would be processed, how his body would be stored. And Burnt actually even offered the idea that, um, hey, his skull could be used as an ashtray afterwards. Oh, boy. This is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. My little uh, little gears are really turning here. Yeah. Well, I'm sure theirs were too, because like I said, they, they talked about everything. Huh. Burnt was, was on board. Burnt was not in the dark. He, they, what was talked about was what was going to happen. Wow. Uh, no manipulation is happening with our men here. He's not pulling any strings, not pulling any fast ones. He's talking about, this is what I want to do. Which, so it's very wild, but I can at least appreciate that, I suppose. Yeah. But this was also part of his, his vision, his fantasy, not just to have someone that he could um, kill or eat or whatever. He wanted a willing person mm -hmm to volunteer themselves. So this person mm. had to know everything. Yeah. That's what he wanted. Which I feel like the fact that he could even potentially find someone like this is like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. And again, this goes back to his thoughts as a kid. He wanted to do this not only for, for eating another human, having that fascination, yeah. but so he would never be alone again. Oh boy. Right. Yeah. Okay. This <laughs> <laughs> the mixed emotions going through me right now. Holy mole. Yeah. So Burned had another idea, not just his skull could be used as an ashtray. Um, he had this idea, uh, one that he'd actually been thinking of for a long time. Um, he was actually suffering from severe masochistic thoughts and he wanted to cut off his own penis. So that was also going to be in play for this. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's quite the new layer. So the two met up on March 9th, 2001 and proceeded over to Armin's home in the small ville of Rottenburg. The worst, we're in Germany, right? Yes. Okay. So once inside Armin's home, Armin went to the kitchen and prepared a couple cups of coffee, you know, one for himself, one for Bern. You know, they're, they're meeting for the first time here. They're going to chat or whatever it is. Right. And when he returned back to go see his guest, uh, burned had stripped down naked and told Armin he wanted him to admire his dinner. Oh, Lord. Okay. 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 <laughs> this probably wouldn't have been a good one to film because I am very uncomfortable right yeah. now. Well, you think you're uncomfortable now because this is where things really began. I just feel like it's so awkward often meeting new people. And then <laughs> this, I just, I just can't even imagine. Like literally. Would Coming like, back with a cup of coffee well, and they're just naked. That, but then also what they're about to talk about. It's like, do I serve coffee? Do I serve vodka? Do I serve <laughs> like, what the fuck do I serve this person? And then you walk, you chose coffee and you walk back and he's fucking naked. Like I, I just, I can't do this right now. This is a bit much. Just really hope you didn't serve like cocktail weenies or anything. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> perfect actually. You think? Per sure. <laughs> well, let's get back on track here. Um, Burns had told him, you know, admire your dinner sort of thing, right? Um, but Burn had also told our men that for this to happen, he wanted to be unconscious when he was killed. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. So after, you know, sitting there talking for a little while, um, he downed half a bottle of cold medicine oh. and they waited for him to lose consciousness. Oh, like it was just like literally that it was like he was his dinner that night. 
Yeah. Like it, this is going down. This is going down right here, right now. Okay. I thought maybe they're going to get to know each other a bit more. Okay. No. Well, I mean, they have been talking online, right? So it's not just like, a, oh, hey, I answered and let's do this. Well, they, they are building up this, this understanding and rapport online already. Wow. So they are both firm in it and they know what's happening. They're meeting up and, and we're here. So they are here and waiting now. That's basically it. And, and waiting gave time for the reality of the situation to really kick in. And now Burned was beginning to get a little bit of cold feet. The more he sat, the more he thought about every reason not to do it until he finally changed his mind. And as I already mentioned, our men need someone to be completely willing. Right. He did not hold anyone back. It's fine. Uh, he wasn't about to force anyone. So I'm sure he's disappointed, but he said, okay, that, that's fine. That's your choice. And they got in the car and Byrne went to drive, or sorry, Armin went to drive Byrne back home. Okay, wow. So on the way home though, the idea of explaining where he was and the situation on everything to his partner at home, because he did have a partner, um, made him think, you know what? Fuck it. That sounds like a can of worms. I don't even want to bother opening anyways. So let's go back and do this. Really? Yes. So he changed his mind again and they were headed back to Armin's home. Oh my gosh, though. The fact that he has his partner at home that has no idea what's going on is really sad. It is. It really is. So Byrne, though, still did want to be unconscious for this when he was killed. So on the way home, being that that cold medicine wasn't quite enough, uh, they stopped and bought some stronger cold medic. Well, it's one of two things. It was either stronger cold medication or a bottle of schnapps. There was varying articles on those two, but the one that is consistent is uh, a bottle of sleeping pills as well. Oh, okay. So they bought, huh. they bought either a bottle of booze and sleeping pills or more stronger cold medicine and sleeping pills. Okay. But for the, for the remainder of this, I will just say the more cold medication, just because that seems to be the more prevalent one, but okay. that one I'm shady on. Um, but they bought these and then returned to Armin's place. And once they were there, this time Armin began recording everything on a camera, everything that was taking place. And Bernard, sorry, burned, Bernard, burned, my bad. Uh, he would take approximately 30 sleeping pills and down some of the cold medication. And they would wait. Holy shit. But in this process of waiting, they decided that they are going to cut Burns' penis off his body. You don't say. Yeah. So Burns had actually reportedly insisted that Armin bite oh. it off instead oh. of using a knife. Okay. However, it proved unsuccessful, though he oh. was able to burst both of his testicles between his teeth. Good God, the visuals, dude, <laughs> that you're throwing out here. Sorry. Wow. Okay. He couldn't chew it off, oh. but he was able to pop some testicles instead. Um, so since he couldn't use his teeth to remove it, they then turned to a knife from the kitchen and began hacking away. However, this knife also proved unsuccessful oh. because it was too dull. So they went and grabbed a second knife and finally our men was able to completely severed Burns' penis. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was a paragraph. You good? I don't know. The visuals in there. Also, 
you know, keep your knife sharp. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) You never know if you need to sever a penis. Wow. Okay. Oh, boy. Wow, Nicole, that was something. <laughs> well, you are actually an advocate of keeping our knives sharp. I really am, yeah. I like he hates it. a dull knife. I don't know why. Maybe this is going to haunt me one if day. If I but. try and cut a tomato and I can't slice through that skin in one motion, <laughs> I am bothered. <laughs> Anyways, these two were now standing there holding the bloody severed heart of burn. Um, And they then proceeded to each cut a piece off and pop the raw meat in their mouths. They chewed on the fresh and still warm bloodied flesh. But ultimately, though our men was able to eat it, Burned was unable to due to it being so tough or as he put it, quote, chewy. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Holy kid, I can't actually comprehend, like, because that would hurt like a son of a bitch. Oh, you betcha. And then to be, like, able to just then have a bite, a piece. Like, I just, I I would feel like he would be in a lot of pain. Oh, yeah, I, I bet he is. Okay. I really, I can think he's probably in a <laughs> lot of pain right now. In fact, I can almost feel it. If I'm being honest, I am rather uncomfortable at this moment. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, But since Byrne was unsuccessful in eating the piece of meat, (laughs) Armin decided he would try cooking it instead to serve to him in hopes to make it more edible. So he took it to the kitchen, chopped it up in small chunks and put it in a pan and sauteed his penis with salt, pepper and garlic. The result was subpar and it was still inedible and yeah. Okay. Didn't give them much of a desired flavor. <laughs> Sorry so, for laughing. That, I no, just have fine. to clarify that I thought you were about to say la penis or something. And then, the, yeah, that's why I laugh because I, yeah. Anyway, we're the, both very uncomfortable right Because la penis? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> um. So Armin, not wanting to waste the meat, um, decided he would feed the remainder of it to his dog. Okay. So uh, the dog got the dinner too. Yes. So bit of a spoiler alert here. Armin does eventually get caught because some journalists who would eventually see the video that Armin had recorded, um, which the video not being made public, by the way. um, Probably good. Yeah reported that uh, Burned may have suffered from the effects of both the drugs and his wound um, too much to have actually eaten any of it, even if it was edible anyways. Uh, He was visibly becoming pale with shock, sick from medication, and was suffering from blood loss due to the injury. Well, yeah. Yeah. He would not have been in a good place at all. Oh, definitely not. Uh, So as they were actually... As the two, Byrne and Armin, were waiting for him to pass out, 
uh, Byrne was beginning to complain of being cold and asked Armin to pour him a nice warm bath so he could be more comfortable and warm up, right? The idea basically being, you know, he's he's going to be passing out here soon. Maybe instead of sitting here shivering, he can warm up and maybe the water will aid in bleeding out a bit. Who knows? So that's exactly what Armin did. He drew him a nice warm bath and Byrne slipped into the water and they waited. Armin actually sat in another room and read a Star Trek book for nearly three hours while he waited for his voluntary victim to finally fall unconscious. During this entire time, Byrne was slowly fading. He never once asked for an ambulance. He never once began to back down from the idea. In fact, he explicitly told Armin not to call for any sort of help. Once he falls unconscious, to follow through with what they planned. Hmm. Okay. So once Byrne was unconscious and presumably dead, Armin cut open his throat to ensure he was in fact dead and inside an area of his home that he had prepared for this exact moment, an area that he had called and dubbed the slaughterhouse, our men began butchering Burns' body. He cut him into sections and hung him on meat hooks from the ceiling, just as he had watched butchers do in the past. Armin recorded much of the process while he butchered his volunteer. And a few days later, Armin began consuming the flesh he had cut from his bones. Again, most of the meat was too chewy. So Armin decided to grind most of the meat and made meatballs. To dispose of the bones, he ground them up too and even tried to make a flour out of them, though I'm unsure if he was successful with it or not. And there are reports that he kept Burns' head. To preserve as much of the meat as he could, he did what we all do with our groceries. He froze it. And whenever he was looking to cook dinner, he would just take out some of the meat and cook it up. He consumed an estimated 20 kilograms of Burns flesh over the course of the next 10 months. And now, in November of 2002, Armin was getting dangerously low on his supply. Oh, boy. Wow, Ben. What? I don't know. I like a good cannibalism case, but this is something. Yeah, it is. This is really something. Like, I'm actually at a very much so loss of words here. I'm just sitting back, wishing I had another drink. Do you want me to grab you another one? I can. (laughs) Is that one out? Almost. Almost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, this is, um, this case does make me very uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, we've, we've heard much more brutal things occur, especially when it comes to torturing individuals. Um, but this is, it's very it's, different. It's diff, very different, very yeah. different. And it's quite disturbing. Huh? I, Cause it, it, it's hard. Cause you don't know what to think really, because he kind of just like murdered somebody. But then did he just murder? Well, he did. You know? Yeah. As I said at the very beginning, there may or may not be a quote unquote victim. But then you think a lot of times if people say are are suicidal and then they go about killing themselves or, or they don't, they're not successful. They wish they're glad they weren't, you know? Yeah. 
And so it's sort of that's something that's going through my mind right now, too, is like, well, would he have really actually wanted this? You know, did he did he really, really think it through and want this? Well, over the course of time, when Armin and Bernd first showed up at Armin's house to the time when Bernd finally passed away, Mm -hmm. they were there at, at his home for approximately 17 hours. Okay. So he had 17 hours. And he wavered once and then finally decided, yeah. you know what? No, this is actually happening. And he never batted an eye after that. Because you'd think, too, if he was going to waver again, I guess another time would have been after he got his penis cut off. Yeah. That could have been like, hey, I'm out. Yeah. Or yeah. when he's finally, you know, the lack of blood loss or shock or getting sick from the pills. But no, he even after all that, he he wants to get in a bath and maybe bleed out faster, these sort of things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't think. Wow. I mean, we can never know what someone in that headspace is thinking or even why. But one thing's for sure is he had his mind made up. Mm-hmm. Now, is he a victim or not? That's definitely still a completely different argument. Yeah. Because what was his headspace? He might have had his mind made up, but what is, was he capable of making his mind up on his own? Was there an illness going right. on? Yeah, because he's not really the the victims that we normally cover no so it's it's difficult he's not against it it's not against his will mm-hmm. but is he in the right mind to make that call for himself exactly that's the question yeah and we just don't know mm-hmm. um so now with armin getting low on his supply uh he once again took to the internet and created another post looking for another volunteer oh boy this time it was seen by an australian student in innsbruck and they were slightly disturbed by what they read and thankfully reported it to local authorities okay but i mean honestly he's gone away with it once why wouldn't he do it again right right i mean he found a willing person sort of thing it didn't seem to be any troubles and here we are so it would be on december 11th 2002 when police would knock on the door and raid Armin's house. And there, in his place, they found 15 pounds of Burns flesh under pizza boxes in the freezer, which he was using the pizza boxes as to kind of cover and, and hide, right? Oh, geez. Yeah. And they also found the video that Armin had made of the killing and butchering almost two hours worth of footage. And Armin was, of course, quickly taken into custody. He promptly confessed to the wild, heinous crime that occurred. It took the police a total of seven months to build the full case against him. They were meticulously analyzing his computer for evidence, conversations that he had, posts, um, photos he had saved. Uh, He did some Photoshopping and manipulations of things because he had these fantasies, right? So he was, Mm. he was doing a lot on his computer in that regards, right? Over the past few years, Uh, there was thousands of images they found regarding uh, torture and pornography that he had gotten off the internet. And on July 17th in 2003, Armin was finally charged with the murder of burned brands. Okay. He was charged. Yeah. During his trial, which was, for obvious reasons, um, really catching the public's interest and attention. 19 minutes of that video was played uh, with crucial moments of the crime being shown in court. 
As again, I said already, though, uh, the footage was never made public. Uh, there was somewhat of a problem, though. The fact that Burns was not really a victim, per se, and that's kind of a strange way to put it. I don't know how else to say it, if he's technically a victim or not. But whether he was or not, or was he a willing participant, threw a really big curveball to the courtroom. Something like they've never really seen before. Well, yeah. The case also posed a challenge for German legal authorities because they soon discovered that cannibalism technically was not illegal in Germany. Really? It technically was not illegal. Well, how could it not be, though? It wasn't. There was nothing saying that you couldn't. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So it was on January 30th, 2004, that Armin was convicted. And I'm correcting myself here. I already said he was convicted of murder. He was not convicted of murder. He was convicted of manslaughter or Mm -hmm. a certain degree of murder. So I guess technically, but. Okay. So he was convicted of manslaughter and handed an eight and a half year prison sentence for his crimes. Huh. Eight and a half years for what he did. Now, this verdict, not surprisingly, sparked widespread debate because there is a lot, I'm sure a lot of people out there listening right now are like, hold on, hold the phone. What about this? What about this? They might be disagreeing with me or you or having a complete other thought. And rightfully so, because there is so much of this. I'm honestly surprised that it was that much is what was my thought. You you think eight and a half is a lot? Well, I was assuming, I was just thinking it was going to be less. This is, it's so, this is so interesting because there's no... No history or there's like, no precedent yeah. or something like this. Yeah. Um basically though, like the widespread debate was questioning whether he could really be held responsible, considering that the quote unquote victim, Burns, was instead a volunteer. And not only was he a volunteer, but he participated in the act, fully aware of Armin's intentions. And it's not like this is just Armin saying it. No, they, there's conversations, there's mm-hmm. video, everything. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's they have the footage of him talking like but in the bathtub, probably even. He still knows that it was wrong, right? Like, I mean, he he's covering up evidence with like the some of the remains are in the freezer and he has pizza boxes over it. So he's aware that what he did is wrong. Yes. But technically. Armin and Burns committed a crime together. It's not that Armin committed a crime against Burns. I mean, after his death, sure, there's desecration Yeah, stuff. there's a lot after of crimes after yeah. the death. And considering that cannibalism technically was not illegal, oh, right? It's basically just like desecration or like, is there even? Yeah, they wow. Pre- they're pretty much held at the same level at that point almost, which is so fucking weird and like, I can't wrap my mind around it, but that's that's the reality of this case. Well, yeah, if cannibalism isn't illegal, then yeah. Because like he didn't force him to take any no. of the, the medication or anything, Nothing. right? He didn't force anything on him. Wow. Oh, that is so wild. So despite Armin expressing regrets for his actions, he did 100% admit his guilt. He's like, yeah, I did do this and I'm sorry, you know, okay, yeah, maybe it's wrong. I shouldn't have done this. All that nine, like the whole nine sort of thing. Um, he was expressing a desire to actually eventually write a book about his life, hoping to dissuade others from following this path. And I mean, with the internet being the internet 
and his case now being public and out there and what he did is being known, websites dedicated to Armin were soon popping up with individuals seeking willing victims just like he did. <laughs> he basically planted a seed that was beginning yeah. others to do the same. Well, yeah, he needed to fa have face some consequences or there's going to be like way too many copycats. Yeah. Uh, so Armin now being behind bars for the next eight and a half years, he was quickly um, one to speak out from behind these bars and was advocating for individuals to get therapy. With his experience on the internet, he actually believed there to be around 800 cannibals in Germany who needed help. Really? Yes. That's a pretty high number. That's, yeah, it is. That's scary. Yeah. In April of 2005, a German court would order a retrial leading to questions about Burns consent, giving his mental health issues, right? Because what sort of mindset is he in, right? Mm -hmm. That plays a major role in this. Um, not only that, if you really look at it, the excessive drug consumption, he had taken a lot of drugs. Was he under the influence and able to make this call at that time? He had 30 sleeping pills, down half a bottle of, of uh, cold medicine. Yeah. What kind of mental state was he in, even if he didn't have any mental health issues? He's now intoxicated. Mm -hmm. But he did that to himself, did he not? He did, right? He consumed all that himself? Yes. Okay. But put it this way. And, and I'm not saying that that, that makes that okay. No, no. I'm just, yeah. I'm just putting it out there, like making it clear. If I sit here and drink an entire bottle of whiskey, am I in the right headspace to go make good choices for myself? Can I say... I don't make marital choices for us or relationship choices with other people or, or well-being choices for myself. No, I'm probably going to want to go to McDonald's and get two freaking Big Mac meals and eat them. That's not a just, good choice. Just two? <laughs> well, maybe three. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we're, we're yeah. not in that headspace. Yeah. We can't make that call. Yeah. Uh, so these were the questions that were being brought up in court and in his retrial. Uh, the retrial also explored whether Armin acted out of his own desires, especially sexual ones. Um, contrary to his own claims. So during this whole process, a psychologist testified that he still harbored fantasies about consuming flesh of young people. So he is behind bars. He is saying people need help. I do regret this, but he does still actually have these fantasies. Well, I mean, he's had these fantasies since he was 12 years old. Yeah. I imagine it's probably something that will be a struggle for him for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, though, through the legal system, Armin was charged on May 10th 2006 um and the court of frankfurt convicted armin of murder for sexual pleasure and disturbing the peace of the dead sentencing him to life imprisonment wow yes huh in the aftermath of his conviction armin actually went on to assist investigators in analyzing two suspected cannibal murders from 1998 and 2000 possibly committed by the same murderer while incarcerated he adopted a vegetarian lifestyle worked in the prison library and engaged in prisoner group supporting green party politics armin had several offers from film companies and publishers to buy the rights to his story he, however, declined as he knew he should not have any sort of personal gain from what transpired. I can very much appreciate that. Yeah. Instead, he granted global rights to his story to Stamps Hamburger, Stamps Hamp, oh. Hamburg, 
Hamburg. Oh, hamburger. It's not hamburger. Stamps Hamburg based company uh, stamp work. Uh, he granted them free of charge all the rights. However, there was a contingency uh, that the act the sorry the stumbling these last few sentences here. They need to have accurate portrayal of his case, emphasizing his unique and deeply disturbing narrative. So he's saying, yes, you have all the rights. I make no money. Uh, and you need to tell the story right. And you need to tell it from my perspective. Mm, okay. Hmm. So he's not saying tell it my way. He's saying tell it right, but my my yeah. perspective. Yeah. So he is 100% taking ownership of this, not making any money off it, trying to educate individuals and really standing for people in his situation, getting the help needed. And no longer eating meat. And no longer eating meat, yeah. And that is a story of uh, Armin Mewis, also known as the Cannibal of Rothenburg. Holy shit. How was that one for you? <laughs> that has been one of the most interesting true crime stories I think I've ever heard. I have so many mixed emotions over it. I just... I. I don't know how to process this one. Yeah. I really don't. Because at the beginning, I'll make a decision at the end. Well, fuck that. I can't make a fucking decision to save my life right now. When you said that at the beginning, in my head, I was like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> wow. Because I can guarantee you might be able to make a decision. And that's, I. if you can out there, if you're listening, you have a decision, you're like, you know what? No, this is what I believe. Good on you. I'm, that's totally fantastic. But the problem is, there are so many compelling arguments to pull you the other way. And if you land on that other side instead, then the compelling arguments on the other side can pull you back. Mm -hmm. Both sides have so many merit to the arguments. It is. I'm speechless. It's wild. I mean, I very much think he needed jail time. I do agree with that. He committed a crime. Yes. yes. Um, and I, I do also feel like he probably shouldn't be just freely wandering our streets ever you know well i don't think he will be he won't be so that's probably a good thing because yeah. like we kind of talked about that fantasy is is ingrained in his brain probably mm -hmm. and like he could do it again yeah so so yeah i do the the outcome of this i kind of probably kind of probably agree with that's a really really strong <laughs> statement right there yeah you're really standing <laughs> on your ground there babe <laughs> wow <laughs> it's very tough this one isn't it ever and the it's big... as tough as his penis was apparently Jeez. oh wow wow you wow i sorry oh, i apology i apologize wow all right you said that <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Was, it, it just, I, I, I had to put it out there. I'm sorry. No, no that, that joke was just hard to swallow. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Oh, you did it, no. so I had to, too. You just up-leveled that big time. Um, but one thing that's, that really sits with me for, on this one is uh, the, his reasoning. Wanting to consume someone to never be alone again. Mm. And the thing right. is, he won't ever be alone again. Yeah, it's almost like he's at peace with that now, hey? I don't think he is. In a sense, though, maybe. I don't know. Because, like, I do think he knows he did wrong. I do think he he does regret it. I'm sure he does. 
But I do think that there's that piece of him that's like, you know what? I, I succeeded. I'm happy. I'm not alone. And he, he kind of maybe is at peace with it. But there is regret for it, too. I don't know. I can't make up any fucking mind in this case. <laughs> no, you cannot. And you spent a lot of time researching and writing this out. Oh, man. So the fact that you can't even is. I spent at least four to six more hours in this case than I normally do per case. Huh. Wow. Yeah. And it. I don't think that went into uh, research time. That went into how the fuck do I tell this story? How the fuck do I approach this? How do I make up my own mind to really present it to you guys in the best way that I'm not trying to put on what I think about it or yeah. what other one thinks about it? It's, yeah, I don't know. Well, you did a good job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Like I said, this, I mean, we've done a lot of true crime cases. I've listened and watched a lot. And this is by far one of the most interesting ones, I would say. This one caught my interest a lot more um, than other ones have in the past. There, there's just, I don't know. I, I generally like the mystery cases, right? And the reason why I like them is because it gives you an open spot to really think okay, what could have happened? Was it this? Was it that? Or was this person involved? Or what if this? Was it a UFO? Bigfoot? Like all those possibilities. Mm -hmm. This is a solved case, but it does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, because his name was Burns. Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah. Uh, B-E-R-N-D. Okay. Burned. Burned. Um, I mean, he was very young, so it's very sad that... that um that he was, if he was a willing participant or whatever, I mean, he had a very short life really. Yeah. And he, he lost his life. That's sad but because if he didn't put himself out there, say, say he went to someone else that was like willing to show him the light, you know, mm -hmm. then his life could have a, a different trajectory big time. Yeah. No, right. right. If, if he was just like, no, I'm going to help you. If someone offered to help him, you know, he could now still be alive and like thriving. Yeah. So. But arguably, I, I don't know. And I mean, I don't think I ever would know. I'm not sure if he, he was specifically suicidal. I think it was just a fantasy, perhaps sexually driven, but a fantasy that he wanted to live out. I don't think it had anything to, to be with ending his own life. I think it was just the idea of being a part of something, if that makes any sense. Like no different than when you see cult people drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm. They're not killing themselves. They're becoming a part of something else, which is why they're so willing to do this thing. Yeah. In their eyes, it's not my life is ending. It's I'm just, I'm achieving something. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> did I give you a whole new pill to swallow? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah well, we want to know what you guys think of this case because this is really big. So we're, we're probably going to post, put a post on social media. Um, make sure you go over and give us a comment on there, your thoughts on it or shoot us a DM or something like that. Yeah. Cause we don't know how to process this one. We really yeah. don't. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people there will have some opinions. So, yeah. So let us know those opinions. Um, we're going to be working here diligently. Guess what starts next week? Oh, crazy, eh? Halloween. 
feeling like it just snuck up. So it starts technically on Wednesday. So we're yep. going to come out with an episode on Tuesday. A on, normal like episode. Yeah. Yep. And then the following day on Wednesday, Halloween week starts. There's going to be eight solid days of Wicked and Grim. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. We got a lot of work to do coming up. So, <laughs> so let's get at her. Let's do it. Maybe we should open another drink while we're yeah while yeah. we're doing that. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for being here. We appreciate all you guys. Whether you're here, whether you're on Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, if you're not on any of the stuff and you want to check it out, all the links are down below. We got a YouTube that we've been posting some videos on more and more. We're gonna be doing a little vlog coming up here. Where we're gonna do uh, some some artwork. How's that? We'll say the, artwork. I just realized did we thank our patrons at the start of this episode? Oh, we didn't, did we? Holy shit. Okay, let's thank them now. Okay. And then we'll also thank you next episode. We'll do that. Where's the list? The list is sitting right here too. Dang, so, sorry about that. The awesome patrons that signed up last week. We have, I'm probably going to butcher names because I didn't practice this ahead of time now. <laughs> no. Um, Dion Santi Day. Santi Day? Dion? Is it Dion or Dion? I don't even have it in front of me right now. We're famous for butchering names. So it's just, it's us. I'm going to go with Dion. I'm going to say Dion, Sainty, Sainty Day. Okay. Yeah. That. Dion, Sainty Day, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. And Clay Swanson. There we go. Love that last name. <laughs> it's very just oomph. <laughs> thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for signing up on Patreon. Uh, we'll give you guys a shout out at the beginning of next episode too, mm -hmm. because we forgot to do it this time for whatever reason. But uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being so awesome. And until next time. Stay wicked. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.